Thanks for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Today we're going to join Pastor Lonnie as he's preaching out of Matthew chapter 14. How many have had those moments when the world around you just about has soaked you up and you just need to get alone with God? Have you ever had those moments when you felt like you're empty, you're drained, there's nothing left to give, and you just, you're just begging for that moment alone? Oftentimes, I've, I've been in great campaigns and been in moves of God, and, and at the end of the day, you feel like a dish rag wrung out. And uh, Pastor Jerry, I'm sure you've been in those moments. You preach, you give everything you've got, you pray for folks, you minister to folks, you spend the week worrying about folks and trying to lift people up and try to keep people, uh, keep people encouraged in their faith. And sometimes at the end of the week, and, and when you've preached your final amen, sometimes you just want to get away alone, just totally just you and God. And so Jesus is one of those moments he's been ministering. In fact, this is right after he fed the 5,000, which we know could be as many as 20,000. And he did it with two fish and five loaves. He's worked a mighty campaign. He's been healing the sick. He's been doing all of these great things. They've been following him for quite some time. He's now in that place where his body is tired, and he's ready for a moment alone with his father. Let me encourage you to steal alone, steal away, get with your father as much as you can, because that is where you renew your strength. Verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, it doesn't say that there's a storm here. It just says there's a high wind. Look at this. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. Now, in the Amplified, it says, it's a ghost. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm afraid of ghosts. <laughs> All right. All right. And, and look, look what it says right after that. that. They see a spirit or they see a ghost, and it says they cried out for fear. They were afraid. How many would be afraid if a ghost walked in your room right now? Mm-hmm. Verse 27. But straight away Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be encouraged. It is I. Be not afraid. Now, let me, let me give you what the Amplified says. Verse 27 in the Amplified says, But instantly he spoke to them. Aren't you glad we have an instant God? Aren't you glad we, we have a God who's right there in the moment when you need him most? Whenever fear is trying to overtake you, you look up and guess who's there? Mm-hmm. I'm having fun already. But instantly he spoke to them. I love it when God speaks to me. There's nothing more comforting in this life than when God speaks to me. He spoke to them saying, take courage. I'm going to stop right there for just a second. Take courage. In other words, loose yourself from fear and reach for the opposite, which is courage. Don't let fear overtake you in this circumstance. I am close to you. I am near you. If I am near you, you don't have a fear. 
So reject the fear and grab a hold of courage. Strengthen yourself in the inner man. Speak to your, how many have ever had to speak to yourself in the middle of a problem? I have to speak to myself quite often. I start getting a, a croup or a cough. I start having to remind myself that by his stripes, I'm already healed. I have to remind myself I might go through a little test here. I might go through a valley, but I'm coming out the other side, and the promise is I'm already healed. And so I have to talk to myself all the time, and sometimes I get into situations. I've been, uh, we've been, what, five years now trying to get over there on that side? Mm-hmm. And we this close, what do you think I'm doing to myself every day? Come on, come on, we're going to do this. Come on, we're going to make it. Come on, I got God's promise. God said it's going to happen. If God said it's going to happen, ain't nothing can steal it. Amen? I'm not even done reading. Would you all stop it? Mm. He spoke to them saying, take courage. I am. See, in the, uh, in the King James, it says, it says, it is I, it is I. But in the Amplified, it goes back to the original language, and it says, God, I am the covenant name of God. It is capitalized. He is saying, take courage, God is here in the midst of your situation. Look at this. Look at this. Stop being afraid. Instantly he spoke to them saying, take courage, God. Stop being afraid. When God is in the midst of your situation, you can stop being afraid. When God is with you, you can find courage. When God is with you, remember, God is always with you. Lo, I am with you always. That's what Matthew 28 says. Lo, I am with you always. Mm -hmm. That low means stop and pay attention. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be in your corner. I am always with you. No matter what you're facing, there I am. I am in your midst. I am. God is with you. Slap your neighbor a high five and say, isn't that good news? Mm-hmm. You guys need to leave me alone so I can finish. I'm going back to the, to the King James. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, in other words, if that's you, not just a ghost, if that's you, bid me to come unto the water. In other words, tell me to come on out here with you. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Aren't you glad that Peter acted on the word? When God gives you a word, you can act on it. When God gave me the word about revival, I acted on it. I didn't sit back and pretend that God didn't say it. 
I didn't try to make things happen. I just tried to keep moving. I just kept trying to walk in faith, knowing that if he said it, he's in the midst of it. If he's in the midst of it, he's going to make it happen. And so Peter is putting God to the test. Have you ever put God to the test in your life? Is that really you, God? I see an image coming towards me, but is that you? Can I trust that image? And when you hear him say, I am, when you know he's in the midst of your situation, then you've got something concrete to step out on. Mm, I don't know where you're at, but I'm having fun. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Look at verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? None of us like a correction, but correction sometimes comes in the middle of our trying God. In the middle of our working things out, sometimes we need a correction. Sometimes we need to hear the voice of God when we didn't exactly step where we should have stepped or stayed where we should have stayed. Look at this, verse 32. And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Why didn't he just stop the wind before he let him out of the boat? Come on, wouldn't that have been easier? Stop the wind and I'll get out of the boat and this will be a great thing, right? But sometimes the Lord doesn't stop the wind until you get to the end of the trial. Sometimes the wind is there to test your faith. Sometimes the wind is there, the winds of adversity, to just find out what your metal's really made of. Look at this. And so when they came into the ship, the wind ceased. And then they that were in the ship with him came and worshiped him. Now, in the Amplified, it says they bowed down. They knelt down and magnified his name. Of truth, thou art the son of God. They started saying, we know now you really are God's son. No man can do what you just did. And when they were gone over, and when, in other words, when they arrived where they were headed, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and brought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. The enemy is always trying to divert your attention in the middle of your destiny. When God gives you a word, just know there's coming a test. Come on. There's nothing more exciting than to get a word from the Lord. Nothing more exciting than for the Lord to speak to you and tell you something about your future and what he plans to do with you. But just know that every word comes with a cost. And I'm not here to be discouraging. I'm here to be encouraging. Because the Lord trusts you enough to call you in the midst 
of a troubled time. He'll send you out and wait till the trouble is around you and then remind you he's in the midst. I don't know how that works for you, but that's exciting to me to know that God is in the midst of my troubled time. In America right now, we're living in a troubled time. We're living in a time when the world, not just America, but the world is following a Luciferian worship, a Luciferian agenda to try to captivate the world and to pull down the image of God before the world and set up another image. And if the world ever needed the church, it needs the church right now. We don't have time to play. We don't have time for games. We don't have time to be cute. We don't need another light show. We don't need any more smoke on the platform. What we need is the power and demonstration of the power of the Christ that's within us. We need to be able to display that the I am is with us in whatever we're facing in the here and now. Stop coughing. I'm talking to me, not you. So, in the day and age we live, we need God more than we've ever needed him. This generation needs a demonstration of God more than any other generation. The first century church demonstrated God. They didn't just preach the message. They demonstrated the power of the message. And God has got to get the church of Jesus Christ back to that place where we, when he says, come, we can step out. When he says, come, we can step out. It doesn't mean that you may not have a failure momentarily. It doesn't mean that you might not sink a little bit once in a while. What it means is that you've got guts enough to do it in the first place. You got guts enough to step out on nothing. You got guts enough to believe that if that's truly God, if I keep my focus on him, I can get to him. Mm -hmm. So. Let me just run through my notes, maybe, maybe not. Let's find out. Jesus had just finished feeding the 5,000, sent the crowds away, secluded himself in prayer. Number one, you have to get away from the needy to recharge your batteries from time to time. There'll always be the needy. There'll always be those in need. There'll always be those who are clamoring after you because they see you as the focal point of the gospel and they want you to lay hands on them. They want you to minister to them. They want you to help them with their need. So sometimes you have to get away to recharge your batteries. Sometimes you have to resupply the demand or the anointing because the anointing can wane, not because not because you've done anything wrong, but just because we're so dependent upon the anointed one. You, ladies and gentlemen, are not the anointed one. You carry the anointing of the anointed one, but you're not the anointed one, and your supply will run out, and you must be connected to the master who can say amen to that. The needy will drain the anointing and the anointed, and even Jesus 
like us, was human in this setting. And in this setting, he had to get away to the Father. So if ever there was a great example, this is the great example, to get away alone with the Father. The disciples got the command to go to the other side. Mm. The other side is the next assignment. And he told them, listen, I'm finished with this campaign. I'm going to recharge my batteries, but I need you to go to the other side, and I'll catch up with you. Now, I don't know how they surmised it in their mind that he would catch up with them, but they sure didn't expect him to come walking on the water. They went out many furlongs, which is about an eighth of a mile. We don't know exactly how far they were from the shore, but we know that they were out far enough that they were in trouble when the wind came and stirred up the waves around them. The assignment is on the other side. But the hindrance was the waves caused by the wind. Now, How many understand that the enemy in your life is a windbag? The devil is a punk. The enemy is a windbag. He's always blowing. Come on. He's always blowing. Always blowing at you. He's always trying to talk you out of something or talk you into something or to cause doubt in your heart, in your mind. And so he's always a windbag and he's always blowing on the waters around you to try to get you messed up to get you fearful, to get you into a place where you're in trouble. The Amplified says that the wind was against them. Just know the enemy is against you. I'm not telling you something you don't know. I'm just reaffirming things you do know. The enemy is against you. Those of you at home, the enemy is against you. Those of you who are, who are at home today, I applaud you. Thank you for, for uh, taking care of your family first. But know this, the enemy is blowing the winds around you to try to upset your boat and get you topsy-turvy. But understand this, that the power of Christ is in you, and the great I am is always near you, and when he gives you an assignment, he does not leave you alone in that assignment. He'll always be in the midst. The assignment was to go to the other side. The hindrance was the waves caused by the wind. The wind was against them. And somewhere between 3 o'clock in the morning and 6 o'clock in the morning, here comes Jesus, and he ain't in a boat. And he came on the water walking. And you could hear a scream go through the boat. Look out, boys, it's a ghost. And Jesus cried, grab your courage. Grab your courage. I am, I am God. God is with you. Get a hold of yourself. God, stop being fearful. God is here. God is in the midst. God is with you. And Peter, always having something to say, always putting his foot in his mouth, says, well, Lord, if that's really you, just let me walk out there with you. I guess he felt like the boat wasn't safe enough. Let me come to you if that's really you. 
I want to experience what you're experiencing. How many wants to experience what Jesus experiences? How many know you were designed to experience what Jesus experienced? Now, this is crazy and upside down and backwards and topsy-turvy because this is not natural to man. This is not natural to be able to do this. This defies the law of gravity. And yet, Peter said, Lord, if... If that is you, let me walk out there to you. How many thinks that's great faith? That's great faith. He has faith in Jesus to help him do what he cannot do. That's the faith you and I are to operate in in our walk in Christ, is understanding that he empowers me to do what I cannot do. Who here can save yourself? None of us. But through him, I'm born again, blood-bought, sealed until the day of redemption. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I am a child of the Most High God. I am recognized as a son. I have a new name written down in glory. I know him as he is. Why? Because I'm in relationship with him. And because I'm in relationship with him, he helps empower me to do what I cannot do. And Peter was in relationship with Jesus. And he stepped out on something that should not hold him. And for a moment, it was as concrete as the floor that we're sitting on today. But then the windbag... <laughs> the moment he felt the strength of the wind in fright, he began to sink. Immediately he cries out, Lord, save me. In the Amplified, it parenthesizes from death. He thought he was going to die. He's a mariner. He's a fisherman. He spends a lot of time on the water. He's been in rough waters before. But in this case, he, he's convinced it's over. How many times has the enemy tried to convince you it's over? Right in the middle of your greatest victory, he tries to get you to think it's over. Right when you've done something you've never done before, the enemy goes, Poof, look how weak you are. And When the windbag starts talking... When the windbag gets his mouth on you, all of a sudden you find yourself weak in the knees. All of a sudden you find yourself not as full of faith as you was when you first stepped out. I can't tell you how many times in the middle of my victories I've stepped out on something God has told me to do and found myself in the middle going, Lord, where are you? Oh, I guess I'm the only one in the house. This place is so holy. I could just feel it all over the room. Nobody's been there. <laughs> and there I was in the middle. And that's when the still small voice reminds me I'm still here. My word is still my word. My promise is still my promise. You will reach the other side. Mm -hmm. So instantly Jesus reached out his hand. And caught him. And according to the Amplified, held him. He 
held him. He didn't just catch him. He wrapped his arm around him and brought him back to the place of safety. Ladies and gentlemen, your Savior is instant. He's in the trial with you, and he's instant, and he's ever-present. But then, sometimes, <laughs> like he said to Peter, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? They got in the boat, and the wind stopped immediately. The disciples knelt and worshiped him. Truly, you are the son of God. Everyone knew what had happened, defied the laws of nature. This wasn't natural. His power was more than an ordinary man. Yet Peter also partook of the divine display of supernatural ability. The only difference is Jesus knew who he was and Jesus knew his authority. And Peter may have only been successful for a moment, but he was successful. His doubt hindered his outcome, but God wasn't through with him yet. For this same Peter is the one that on the day of Pentecost stood up and said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Peter went on from this failure to have two or three more. He went on from this failure to denying Christ. But then when it came down to rubber meets the road, and he had been empowered with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, he stood up like Jesus in the authority of Christ Jesus and began to preach a message that brought 3,000 souls to the kingdom on the very first day, an inception of the church of Jesus Christ. I'm here to encourage you that even though sometimes we, we have a moment in our walk, God's not through with you yet. Sometimes in the middle of the greatest victory, the windbag will start talking to you, and the waves begin to get a little unsettling, and you find yourself in a place where you're beginning to doubt was this really God? How many of you ever had that moment? Was that really you, God? We got two brave people in the house. Raise your hand. Everybody else was like, oh. <laughs> the enemy of our faith sows the seed of doubt. And doubt is rooted in fear. The distraction of the enemy of faith is to get your focus on something other than God. I'm not teaching you anything you haven't heard preached before out of this message. But sometimes reiteration is a good thing. The whole assignment of the enemy is to get you to not look at God in the moment. I'm successful. I'm successful. Look at me, boys. I'm successful. That is hard on an old man's knees. Think about that. I'm successful. There is nothing like that feeling. Look, look what the Lord has done. 
And we make the mistake a lot of times in a campaign for Christ. We make the mistake a lot of times of walking away going, wow. Not understanding that it wasn't you. You didn't do anything spectacular. He did something spectacular. He just did it through you because you allowed him to. You kept your focus on him, and with your focus on him, he was able to do great and mighty exploits. But the moment you turn to let someone else know, look how good I am, the moment you let the windbag overpower you in your intellect, when he tells you, look at that mighty wind, wow, the wind but I'm looking at God. My focus is on God, but the wind. If I keep my focus on God, he's the God of the wind. The moment he gets in the boat, think about that. It says immediately. That means it went from absolute, boisterous, crazy, nuts, to absolute calm in a second. That's how much power the enemy has over God. But over us, the windbag just keeps blowing. Had Peter kept his focus on Jesus' ability, he would have completed his mission of walking on water. If he'd have kept his focus on the abilities of Jesus, not his own, he would not have sank. Is this okay? The enemy is the master of redirection like a magician. He redirects your focus. I wish I could do a magic trick up here just so I could show you how that works. A lot of times when a, they do the coin tricks, you know, they'll do the whole like this, and then they open their hand. Well, it's already, it's in the other hand. It's just the way they made it appear. They redirected your attention, got you looking at this hand while they held it in this hand. And, and then they open that hand, and you're just amazed. And then they'll go like this and drop that coin back into that hand. And so you think, oh, my goodness, look how magical they are. And that's exactly how the enemy is. He's a little bit like your breakfast cereal, magically delicious. <laughs> but he's the master of redirection. If you have your Bible, real quickly turn with me to Acts and we're done. After about 30 or 40 minutes of me talking, we'll be done. Are we there yet? Acts, the 14th chapter. Look at this. 14. Verse 8, 
And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who never had walked. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lift up their voices saying in the speech of Lysonia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. Now, Paul had to stop this crowd and get them back on focus to remind them that I'm just a man, not a god. They were getting ready to sacrifice to him. They were getting ready to lift his name up. They were getting ready to make him a god. (laughs) And he had to remind them, hey, hey, don't do that. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. A man. But this is a man who's anointed by the same anointing as the water-walking Christ. A man who carries the same authority as the water-walking Christ. The attempt that Peter made was to walk like the water-walking God who came across the water, but he found out that within human flesh there is a weakness. But when you're baptized in the spirit of the water walker, when you have his presence on the inside leading you, guiding you, and directing you, you can also do mighty exploits as he wills. Not as you will, as he wills, as the spirit wills. My job is to be obedient. His job is to deliver. Who can say amen to that? So Paul stepped out on faith like Peter, and as long as our focus is truly Christ, God can work through us. But if we get self-focused, it will become, like for Peter, a learning opportunity. I can't tell you how many times that my victories turned into learning opportunities because it's easy to let the windbag distract you. But the greatest victories are those when I go like this. La, 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 la. I ain't listening to you. I ain't listening to your big mouth. I ain't listening to how small I am and how I can't do anything because it ain't based upon me anyway. I'm doing what I'm doing based upon how big he is, how strong he is, how powerful he is, how masterful he is. When I lay hands on the sick, it isn't in my power. It's in his name. It's in his name, not my name. When I pray for you in faith, wouldn't, wouldn't you rather that I prayed for you in faith and had the faith of Jesus Christ when I pray for you? Or would you rather I just offer up a lot of vain babblings so that it looks all religious for you. 
No, I want a God who moves. I want a God who touches. I want a God who changes. I want to walk in the power of a God who can change the world around me. I want to walk in the power of a God who's able to turn the world upside down the way that I know it and cause everything around me to be victory after victory after victory after victory. I get tired of trying to walk on water and sink, so I've learned how to go, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I don't want to hear you. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear your mess. I know the truth. The truth is in Jesus Christ, I can do all things. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, we owe it to our region to walk in the anointing of our Lord. They need Jesus demonstrated like Peter, like Paul. They need to know that even if we're sinking, he's there to save us. They need to know that he is still calling us out of our comfort zone, out of the safety of the boat, into the winds of adversity. They need to know that we're not afraid. They need to know that there's a city set on a hill. They need to know that there's a church that believes. They need to know that there are people who still believe God moves. They need to know that there are people who still believe in miracles. They need to know that there are people today who are just like the first century church who understand that they are nothing and he is everything. They need to know that there is a church who's on the rise. They need to know that there's a remnant who's ready to carry forth the very power and mission of Jesus Christ into a lost and dying world. This world needs to know this gender confused, messed up, back, backwards world needs to understand this sinful society and this youth of our nation who's never been churched, who don't understand the name of Jesus Christ or his power, need to know that there is a God. There is a God of demonstration. There is a God from the youngest to the oldest. There is a God who has the power of heaven and earth. There is a God who walks with us, talks with us, empowers us, and that by his authority and his name, we can make the difference that this region needs for the cause of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give him one more hand clap of praise. He is challenging us to demonstrate his supernatural abnormal power so that others can find him in these dark and challenging times. We can't retreat. We've got to get out of the boat and let God be God who can say amen to that. Father, we magnify you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for what you have said to us, what you've given to us, and what you have accomplished. We ask, Lord, that you would move and mightily undertake today. Take us, Father, into the paths of righteousness. Teach us, Father, the truth that we need to know. Father, empower us in the inner man. Allow us to be, Father, all that you have called us to be. Strengthen us, Lord. Strengthen us, Father, now. Let your glory be felt, Father, by every believer in the house and those that are watching online, Father. Those that are watching by television and those, Father, that are listening by radio. Strengthen each one, Father, in the inner man. Allow us, Father, to be all that you've called us to be. 
Father, we're called to walk on water, not sink. We're called to do the impossible, Father, not shrink back. We're called to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're called to stand up and be counted. We're called to be affirmed. We're called to make the difference in our world. We're called to reach the lost, the hurting, the broken. We're here to demonstrate you, not ourselves. We're here to demonstrate the power of God as diverse as we all are in personality, as diverse as we all are, Father, in the way that we think and act and move and have our being. We need you to show up in us and be our God, be our Lord, be our strength. How many in this place today, you already know the Lord, that's not an issue. But you want to be that water-walking Christian. You want to change your world. You want to turn it upside down. In fact, you raise your hand. Just raise it up big. Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Father, there's no time left to play. There's no time, Father, to make fun. There's no time, Lord just to be another church soaking up acreage. There's no time just to be fancy and have a fancy sign. There's no time, Father, just to have lights and smoke and coffee bars. Father, there's a world that needs you, and my hand is up saying, Lord, here am I. Send me. Send me, Lord. There's a lost and dying world. There's a world that's broken. There's a world that's confused. There's a windbag that's lying to a generation trying to steal the souls of men and women, boys and girls. There's a murderous maniac loose who's bringing about germ warfare upon the world trying to steal as many souls and kill as many lives and take out as many Christians as possible. God, we will stand in this hour and not be ashamed and not be afraid and be counted. Account us worthy for the cause. Anoint us with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lead us into the paths of righteousness and strengthen us, Father, for the work that lies ahead of us. And give us the courage, Father, of the lion of the tribe of Judah and to not be blown about by every wind of diversity or every distraction of the enemy, but to stand strong no matter what wind assails us. We give you the honor and the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. And all the saints said.